Hello, this is Pastor Eric Hubbard. Thank you for joining us today for Journeys in Grace. You may connect with us at PastorEricND at gmail.com or at Pastor Eric at Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia 30061. Again, you can reach us at Pastor Eric and D, that's D E E, at gmail.com or at Pastor Eric at Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia 30061. Now join us for today's broadcast. Today we're going to be talking about um, condemnation. We're going to start out in Romans 8th chapter and just want to just lay some foundational truths that, uh, as the scripture says in the book of John, that Jesus did not come to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And as a definition of the word condemnation, condemnation means um, unfit for use. We've all heard of condemned buildings or condemned houses where you pass by, it looks uh, dilapidated, broken down, uh, roof uh, falling in, uh, windows broken, uh, no door on the, um, on the hinges, uh, rotten steps. That's a condemned building. And what life and the enemy tries to do is condemn us and make us feel like as though we're unfit for use. That God, how could God ever use me. I know a lot of us, and myself included, if we look back on our past and we look back on uh, things we've done, whether uh, saved or unsaved, and mistakes that we've made, things that we've said, choices that we've made, and uh, not necessarily sinful choices, but uh, many times just moving out of time. I think I've used the uh, used example before how for the baby. A baby born uh, before time requires a lot of, uh, we call them preemies. They're, when they're born before full term, that's before the full nine months, that baby requires a lot of attention. It requires many times oxygen to breathe, requires uh, additional nourishment because it has not fully developed. But when that baby goes its full nine months, it comes out most, uh, on most occasions healthy and strong and able to breathe on its own because it's last, it's, it stayed in the mother's womb and gotten everything that it needed to survive in this present world. And uh, as, we, as we go about today's lesson, let's remember this definition by condemnation. It means unfit for use. And I want to tell you, God's got a plan for all of us. That plan that says in Jeremiah uh, 29 and 11, like, I, I, I know the thoughts that I have concerning thee, thoughts of good and not of evil, the, that you might have an expected end or a, a, a defined destin, destiny, a purpose. A purposeful and prosperous destiny. So, going to start reading today again in uh, Romans eighth chapter, verse one. It says, "There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit." He said, "There is therefore no condemnation." In other words, God, said, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, uh, Paul is saying here that the Father. Is not condemning you. He's not saying you're unuseful or unfruitful or uh, uh, cannot be used for the, you're not fit for the master's use or there is no destiny for you. For I believe uh, every soul, every person born into this earth, that you have a destiny and a purpose for, it, for your life. And we're going to read some examples today about uh, people as they were born. That there's, there's all kind of condemnation that can be brought upon us. Uh, life will bring condemnation. Families bring condemnation. Uh, uh, the world brings condemnation. Try, and because it's all a, a trick of the enemy to make us believe that we're unfit for use. 
But again, this is, there is therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh. In other words, they're not self-centered, where everything evolves around them. Whether you're so shy that you feel like that every eye, when you walk in the room, every eye is on you, every uh, uh, thought is, is on you, every whisper is being spoken about you. Or when you're so, um, you, can be, you can be so self-absorbed that you, you feel like you're the most important thing that ever walked the faith of the earth. That every eye should be on you. That every word should be spoken about you. Because you are fleshly, that person is fleshly concerned. But he says, to go on, it says, but uh, the, 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 the life in Christ is not condemned. is the life that walks after the spirit. And that after a spirit, a spirit-led life is a life that's that's word that's in agreement with the word of God. Jesus said in uh, Matthew, he says, "My words are spirit, and they are life." I believe that's Matthew uh, six chapter around the sixty-third verse. He said, "My word." So when you're word-minded, you're spiritually minded, because you are in agreement by faith that what God said, that what He's promised, He's also able to perform. If this, when you get that confidence as you read the word, as you're washed by the spirit of the word, as you gain confidence and boldness because you recognize that my God has made a promise to me and he cannot, will not, and shall never, ever fail. So let's start, start on the words reading today as we continue on in the second verse. It says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, what? Has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, and we're talking about the uh, 600 plus commandments, uh, the 10 commandments that were written upon stone, and the 600 plus ordinances that of, of, uh, of the Old Testament, they were written to reveal sin to man. For Paul said earlier in Rome, in, in the book of Romans, he said that, uh, he said, I had not known sin, lest there was a law. Without the law, he said, I would never would have known sin. I never would have been condemned. But when the law came, he was condemned. We're all condemned. Because now there is a line to draw, to, to draw uh, close to. There is a rule that we should follow. And no man has ever fulfilled the law perfectly save one. And his name is Jesus Christ. For he said, for what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sent his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. In other words, Jesus called sin no longer having rule and authority over the people of God. All right, verse number four, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For I want to tell you, uh, to all, speak, all, speak to all the believers and those who are, whether you are new in Christ or been in Christ for a long time, Jesus will never condemn you, but he will direct you. I will say that again. Jesus will never condemn you, but he will cor uh, correct you. And let's go over to the book of uh, St. John, the 8th chapter, where this familiar verse, and I'm going to uh, uh, paraphrase this more than I'll read it, but in the 7th, in the, in the, in the in the, uh, I'm sorry, in the 8th uh, in the, in the chapter, it says that he went into the Pharisee's house, I'm sorry, in the 7th chapter, it, it talks about, no, I'm sorry, let me get this right. The, he, the woman was found in St. John 8, 4. She was found in adultery. Matter of fact, she was in the, and the scripture says, uh, in the very act. That's what the Pharisees said. And they went on to say, what say you, Jesus? Because they said, you know, they went begin to talk to him. They said, the law commands that she be stoned. Then, then they went on to say, what say you? 
The Bible says that Jesus stood up and he said, he that without sin, let him cast the first stone. And you heard me quote this scriptures before, but the Bible says that all from the oldest to the youngest dropped their stones and walked away. And then Jesus, and Jesus had knelt down, knelt down in the meantime, and as he wrote in the sand, and he stood up again, he asked the woman, where are thou accusers? Where are all those people who condemned you and were ready to uh, have a rock party and kill you as a sign, not only that, uh, that the law was still in, in use, and this woman should be condemned, but also condemned to death and, and killed, and that sin is passed on her, but also to show all those who were following Jesus. For there were a multitude followed, following him. And he was known by many as a wine bibber and a man who dealt with publicans and sinners. And Jesus made himself walk with, he walked with the common man. He didn't make himself, he walked with the common man and woman. Letting them know that there is hope for you. There's no, I never read in the New Testament or in the scriptures where Jesus put sin on people. But he did not condemn them, but he did direct them. And the last, the last words he spoke to this woman was, neither do I condemn you. Now go and sin no more. What, did he was, what was he telling her? Okay, I know where you were, but now I'm speaking to your future. Don't go back to your past life, but go and sin no more. Find your purpose in life and walk after it. Don't go back. To the bedchamber. Don't go back to uh, men that are not your own. You just ought to be married to your own husband. But do not go back to the life you used to live. He didn't condemn her, but he did direct her. Because only in Christ can you really know where you are, why you are here, where you are right now as far as the stance, your status in God, and then find your God-given purpose. Why did God put you on this earth? Why are you here? What, what's, what, is, what, is, what is God's assignment for you? You can only find that in God. And many today are confused about, uh, uh, we, talk, we, we hear it a lot on the news and in the, uh, in, the, in the newspapers and in conversation about gender confusion. Well, some don't know, well, whether I'm a woman, uh, I, am I really a woman? Am I really a man? Uh, you know, uh, maybe I have multiple uh, sexualities and things of that nature. I'm here to tell you the answer to that person, whomever you are, is Jesus Christ. He is the one that will direct you. He knows why you are here. He knows why he created you. And he put an assignment upon you. And if you just, uh, I've heard one, one writer said that if you want to know the purpose of a thing, you got to go back to the creator or the designer of it. You got to go back to the original and say, okay. Let me go back to who made me. God made you, and he sent you into this world not by accident, not, not, not by happenstance, but you came with a purpose, a God-given purpose for you, and if you want to find that and truly find it, you can find it. You can have a purpose in life and it not be God-given. You can divide to find your own purpose, your own will, and go and follow it, but find in the end that you're broken, you could be rich and broken, rich and poor, uh, poor in spirit, rather. You can get all, you can gain all the world's good. There's a word that says that what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and to lose his soul? 
having lived all their lives in, 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 in pursuing their own will. As a song by a famous singer saying that I did it my way. And so many in, in and outside of the church are doing things their way because they want to do it. Nobody, I heard one man uh, told me one time, he said, nobody's going to uh, tell me what to do. I'm going to live my life. I'm going to do what I want to do. And nobody's going to tell me what I can and cannot do. But I want to tell you, we all are going to stand before God one day. Whether in, uh, whether in judgment or in time of reward, but you will stand before God and have to answer for the deeds and the words spoken in this body. So let's go now to, as we read, read a little more here. Now that there was another example of a woman who came in, in Luke, the seventh chapter. She came to the Pharisee's house and uh, they, he, this man had invited Jesus to meet. In other words, he had brought, invited him to supper in John 7, 17. I'm sorry, St. Luke 7, 37. He says, behold, a woman in that city. This is St. Luke 7, 37. A woman in that city, city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment, stood at his feet behind him, weeping, and began to wash his face, wash his feet with tears, and wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with ointment. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner woman this is that touched him, for she is a sinner. This woman came to the master, broke into a, uh, uh, you, would, you would say, she came into a, uh, a dinner, most likely uninvited, because religious people didn't deal with sinners. They didn't, they didn't want to be touched. As we see so many today, where, we, where even in the house of faith, where we don't want to be touched by people, because so many have been hurt in the church have been hurt by, you know, because they put themselves out there, they, 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 they either loan money or they help this one or that one. They gave, they gave um, um, counseling or they gave uh, in, in good faith. And people turned, the very person that they helped turned on them, took their money, you know, um, uh, did what all men of evil against them. And so it causes, as the scripture says, their heart to, to wax cold because they've been hurt so many times but you got to know, if you deal with people, you're going to be hurt. Whether inside the church or outside it. And I'm amazed that sometimes that people think, Satan comes to church. He comes to church with people. He comes to church with us. So he's in, not only is he in the church, he's out of the church. So for us to uh, uh, feel like that we can be in the church and everything's going to be, you know, uh, 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 lovely and the sun's always going to shine and I'll never go through anything. You have the wrong impression. But what we have is a Savior and a God who is with us and is faithful to us. And anything that we face in life, he's able to deliver us and bring us to a place of victory, prosperity, and health. If we allow him to, to, to love through us, that's what Jesus wants us to do. For now, we are Christ's hands. We are his arms. We are his legs. And we, and if we would allow him, as Paul said, let the word of God have free course so that you will love like, so that all of us can love like him. You can't do that on yourself, by yourself and on, on your own accord. For all of us in our own will, we're selfish. 
We're concerned about ourselves. We're concerned about uh, our health. We're concerned, as the, as the scripture says, about what we're going to eat, where we're going to sleep, and what we're going to put on. We believe it's called self-preservation. We want to preserve ourselves. But when the love of God, when we allow the love of God to flow through us, not only will we want to make sure that we are taken care of and provision for ourselves and provision for our families, but I believe God not only wants to take care of us, he wants us to be able to bless somebody else. But you have to want that. And say, God, not only do I want provision, but I want to be a provider. And this is what God spoke to Abraham in, the, uh, in, in Genesis 12. He said, I'll bless you and I'll cause you to be a blessing. He said, I'll make your name great. Bless you and cause you to be able to bless others. And this is what Jesus wants us to do. When he spoke of occupy, he wants us to take over and to walk this walk and walk in victory so that we walk as victors, not victims. Not walking around with our head down and condemned because of our past life, our past mistakes, past words that we said, past things that we did. Things that happened 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. And we still carry the burden of sins that we did way back. Before we ever knew Christ. And with some of us, we still, we, we, we stumble and fall after we come, uh, come to know Christ. And we feel as though I'm unusable. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the condemned building. I'm unfit for use. But this, we started this lesson out in Romans 8 chapter, first verse. There is therefore now no condemnation. To them who are in Christ Jesus. If you're in Christ, you should not carry uh, guilt and shame and condemnation. The guilt of past sins. The shame of being discovered. And the condemnation of saying, I'm unfit. I might as well go and, and, and live in the on the trash heap of life. Never to expect God to do anything for me. Never to use me. Never to bless me. I'm just going to hope to survive. And maybe I'll get to heaven by the skin of my teeth, or by, the, by, by some happenstance, God will allow me to come in and be, and, and, and be among the righteous. But I want to tell you today, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, who's not self-absorbed, but walk after the Spirit. They walk after and pursue after the Word of God. They pursue Christ Jesus. They pursue his word. They consume it and allow that word to grow in them. The Bible talks of uh, the growth of the seed. At first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. Meaning that the, that the maturity that happens with all of us. We become that ground that, that Jesus gave this parable of the seed. Was there a, a stony ground, then the uh, uh, ground with thorns, ground with rocks. Then, he, then there's good ground. All of us have to pass through those phases as we go through life and we allow, get to a place where the word of God can take root and then flourish and then there's a harvest. But you don't get that, get there. You'll never get there walking in condemnation because condemnation will cancel your faith. It'll cancel what you believe. It'll cancel your, uh, your dreams because whenever you, you even think about a thing, say, oh, that's not for me. Oh, that's too good for me. Oh, I'll never have a, 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 a house, I own a home. No matter how big, 
Well, I, 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 I guess I'll always ride the bus. I'll never own a car. I'll never be able to have money left over. I, I, just, I just hope to be able to just, just pay my bills. That's all I want to do to be to pay my bills. Jesus said, I come that you might have life and that more abundantly. So let's go on now to uh, the book of, we're going to go to the book of Judges uh, in the Old Testament. Judges, the sixth chapter. Because only in Christ can you know who you are, why you are here, and then fulfill the purpose of God. For we all must reject self-condemnation, especially when we condemn ourselves. And we're going to read about Gideon uh, for, for a little bit here. In Judges 6, chapter 11th verse, and, the, and there came an angel of the Lord and sat down on an oak, which is in Ophrah, that pertained unto Joash the Ab Abizarite. And his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. In other words, um, Israel was, had, had sinned against God and the enemy had come in and had invaded the country. And, then, and we were oppressing the Jews. They were oppressing the Hebrews. Because whenever they turned, when Israel as a nation turned against God and refused to hear, hear, his, uh, hear, hear his judges or hear the, the man or woman of, God, woman of God that God had put over them, then they suffered in the Old Testament. There was a price that was paid for disobedience. And because of that, not only just, it's not that disobedience of one sin, it was a sin of the nation. And so God said, okay, if you won't follow me, then you'll come under the, under the rule of the hard taskmasters. And this is what the Midianites had done. Twelfth verse says, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him, appeared to Gideon, and said to him, The Lord be with thee, thou mighty man of valor. The angel is calling him out and telling him who he is. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this fallen, befallen us? Where are we all the miracles which our fathers told us of? Saying, Did the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But thou and the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hand of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? God began to speak to him and tell him now, This is your destiny. I have a purpose for your life. Even though you down here hiding, over in the dark in the corner, I've got a purpose for you that you're going to free my people. 15th verse in chapter 6, he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. He told God, he said, Lord, in my tribe, we're poor. My whole family's poor. And in my I'm uh, among the poor people in my father's house. I'm the poorest of my father's house. So I'm poor. I'm the poor of the poor. You're poor. Because he had found himself in a situation. He had, not only was his situation dire, and he was uh, 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 in, a, in a bad, we would call it in a, between a rock and a hard place, but he had no faith because he had heard what God had done, but Gideon was not looking to the future and say what God, had, what God will do. And this was in, again, uh, Judges 6th chapter. And in the 16th verse, the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you will smite the Midianites as one man. God let him know, 
I've got something for you. If you will hear my word. And this is what, uh, as we talked last week and I begin to wrap this talk up today. Our faith is when we, our faith uh, must agree with what God has said over our lives. For that's basically what faith is. My agreeance. My uh, uh my, t- my taking hold of the promise of God and making it personal to me. That, I, it, that the faith of God, the blessings of God, the glory of God, the healing of God, all the promises of God are mine. They are yes and amen. And the book of Ephesians says, he has given us that, uh, uh, he's, he, how God has, 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 has provided us wisdom and prudence. I believe that Ephesians 8 and 9, how that God has given us wisdom the knowledge and prudence, the discretion on, of, of how to do a thing and when to do it. See, God can speak a thing to you and you need to, you need, he gives you knowledge of it, but you also need uh, the discretion to know, okay, I know what to do. You also need to know when to do and how to do. And this wisdom and knowledge God has for every believer, if we would tap in by faith, and to the blessings of God. And we're going to wrap this up now. Talking about uh, this condemnation. That even will come from our families. And I'm going to uh, just sit, paraphrase this again. In Genesis 7, 37 and 18. In, in the chapter uh, 37. Around the 18th, 19th verse. Joseph had, had told his brothers. About all the, the things that God had given him. In a dream. And he told them about once. In the 7th verse. Rather before the. Uh, uh, Genesis 37, uh, 7 said, Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and my sheave arose and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obsessions to my sheaves. In other words, they bowed down to him. And his brother said, Shall thou indeed reign over us? And Joseph said, He had another dream. And he said, Behold, I dreamed a dream more, and behold, the sun and the moon and eleven stars made obsessions to me. In other words, he says, You bowed to me. You gave me honor. And this time his father heard it. And his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have? Shall I and your mother and your brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee on the earth? But this was God given a, 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 a revelation to Joseph of what his plan was for him. And as I said earlier, I'll say it again as we wrap up today. God has a plan for you. But even your family can condemn you but what God is saying to you. That's why every dream and every, even your, your, the dream that you have, you can't give it to everybody. Everybody's not ready to hear what God has said about you and to you. Everybody's not ready to hear uh, uh, your dreams of the future and what you're trying to do. If you ever want your dream destroyed, you tell it to someone, there some people just dream killers. The first thing they say is, who's ever done this? Nobody in your family's ever did it. Who in your family ever went to college? Who in your family ever? Nobody, none of us ever owned our own business. What makes you think you're going to own one? None of us in this family, that's not a preacher in this family. What makes you think you're going to preach? That's not a, uh, who, you can't sing. You can only, you make a sing in the choir, but you're not a lead singer. Play sports. You're barely made the basketball team. What makes you think you can make uh, be a, a professional uh, player? But nobody knows. Fully, he will tell others bits and pieces of the future. But God's got a plan for you. He's got a plan. He said, I know my thoughts for you. They're thoughts of good and not of evil. 
Tim, that you might have an expected, profitable, blessed end. That's the plan that God has for every believer and all those who will name the name of Christ. Jesus has a plan for you. Not a plan of condemnation. Not a plan of guilt and shame where we're looking in the past. Paul said, forgetting no, he said, he said, I'm forgetting no things which are behind me and pressing for those which are before. Yes, we should learn from the past. Yes, we should uh, walk in holiness and righteousness. I'm not speaking of living a life to, of, of, of looseness. But when you walk the walk of grace and you begin to allow the love of God to move through you, and that love of God that, we, uh, that Paul wrote about in 1 Corinthians 13, about the God kind of love, which is first kind. That's the first uh, aspect of love is kindness. And we will allow the kindness of God to flow into us, then through us, out to our spouses, out to our husband, and, out to our husband or wife, out to our children and family members, out to our uh, church members, out to the world at large. When we allow the love of God to flow through us, we will see a great and mighty move. For it's, it's already here. Friend, Jesus is coming soon. Are you saved today? Do you know Jesus? If you know him, are you filled with the spirit? Are you praying in tongues? Are you uh, uh, living out loud as far as faith is concerned? And allowing Christ to be seen in you? Matthew said that men, he, God wishes that men will see our good works and glorify God which is in heaven. I'll end with this prayer today. Father, I just thank you for your word. We thank you that you're not condemning us, blaming us, or piling us up with guilt. But you came that we might have life and that more abundantly. Oh, Lord, if any of not have not known you by faith, Lord, we pray that they would pray this prayer. Jesus, I pray today. I give you my life. I surrender my heart to you. Today is a new day for me. For I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. For all of my sins have passed away, and all things are made new. Lord Jesus, I commit my life and my heart and receive you now. And I receive and accept my place in the family of God. In Jesus' name, amen. I say to you, welcome to the family. Till we meet again, be blessed, be well, amen.